0: You are beautiful. You
1: are so strong. You're amazing. Like
0: every day of life is a blank sheet of paper,
1: more happy days in our life. Small, small changes. had to just be with life to really practice mindfulness. I am not my thought. It's not easy, but it's very simple. Amen.
0: If you put those two things together, you know, the sky is the limit.
1: Help me welcome today's guest, Mark, or welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. It's good to see
1: you. Thank you for being here. Okay, let's share more with the audience about who you are and what you do. And I like to do it in a style of like, let's imagine there's a commercial about you, or maybe there's a commercial on the radio show, or even someone is talking about you. What would they say? What would the commercial say? And also it can be about your personal life or your career or Your business or what you do, basically anything, but what would it say about you?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, no one's ever asked me, uh, has ever put it to me quite like that. So that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, my name's Mark, and I've kind of, I'm, uh, I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I started out in the U.S. Army. So I'm a veteran. I have about 10 years of service, both on the active duty and reserve. Or national guard component and that time was spent in the infantry in the combat arms and the intelligence field so i've been around the world doing intelligence and security operations got to train with a lot of different folks multinational forces and and learn from them as well uh, when i came home i finished college i got a bachelor's in business administration Not really a whole lot I could do with that. So I went on to law school. And so I was actually a practicing attorney for about six years here in the county where I live. And I was a deputy district attorney. So for those of you out there who don't know what that is, or maybe not familiar with it, they work for the state and law enforcement. And so they prosecute criminals, bad guys, rapists, murderers, things like that. So I had a, a number of jury trials, and I did that for about six years. And then I went off and started my own business. And I do security training and consulting. So we've worked with the Department of Defense, the Department of Justice, Fortune 500 companies. I've trained law enforcement officers from around 60 police departments around the country. And then we train a lot of civilians in firearms and personal security. And I've done that in several states like Arkansas, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, Missouri, and so on. So, in a nutshell, or maybe not so brief but nutshell that's kind of what we do
1: such an wow i i don't know where what to say it's like such an impressive <laughs> man with an impressive life and you have done so much different things together uh when i remember uh, i'm a yoga teacher and then i did crown Maga, and i did uh-huh. like self-defense for women and you would think that it wouldn't teach you anything about your personal life—not you, but people. But it taught mm-hmm. me so yeah. much—the mindset yeah. that I took from yoga. But yoga is more like flowy, you know. It's more like internal, more mm-hmm. spiritual. And I knew I needed to push my body, and then I started kramata yeah. and. Whatever I learned there and the mindset and how I improved there, I took that on my life and the self-discipline mm-hmm. there, I could apply it yeah. on my own life. So that's why I'm curious to talk about with you, because if, even if people are not planning to do the training, they can take mm-hmm. the mindset and apply it to their lives. So you talk, about, you talk a lot of, not a lot, you talk about warrior mindset and we're talking mm-hmm. yoga a lot about like be a warrior, yeah. warrior mindset, we have even, yeah. and it has its own story and backstory, I would love to hear your definition of warrior mindset, how is it, what it is, how you apply it on your personal life, and how we also can apply on our personal lives.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question, and I'm excited for you that you kind of put the connection between the mind and body and the spirit, and how Really, to truly be balanced, really in any area of life, you kind of have to have them all working together. And I think even in my field, uh, dealing with security training and the firearms and combatives, there's a huge focus on the kinetic or the physical aspect of it. And not as much attention devoted to the importance of the spiritual aspects. And so we're we're starting to kind of get into that, too. Um, but it's very important. And so, you know, warrior mindset, I think if you, it's kind of one of those things that's easy to kind of talk about and use for a descent in sentences, but then when you try to define it, that's where it gets a little more difficult because it can mean a lot of different things. You know, to some people, maybe a a warrior mindset is just the, that will to fight and survive. Right. No matter what the obstacles are and the opposition that you encounter. Um, But that would only some people might just see that on on the physical aspect. Uh, But a warrior mindset can encapsulate all of it, even on a mental and a spiritual plane. And really, if you look to older traditions uh, back in antiquity, most of these warrior con- concepts, whether it's uh, of all Indo-European peoples, especially, so whether you're off in India with the Hindus or even with the Greek and Romans and, and even some of the Norse and Germanic tribes, you know, there was this idea of the total person, right, that the physical embodiment of the warrior and the things that they did on the battlefield also represented things that were going on in the spiritual as mm-hmm. well. And so pulling those together not always easy, but I think if you're able to do that it's pretty rewarding
1: mm. How do you personally uh, you have done a lot of work on yourself and you are also teaching uh, whatever mm-hmm. mindset how do you personally apply it on your personal life when you are for example, when you are having those bad days maybe on a yeah. maybe in personal life because we're it's still yes. us at work or at home. It's still us. Sure. What is your inner talk and what is your self-talk? How do you push yourself while not... Um, because our self-talk can get negative. And how mm-hmm. do oh, you yeah. just transform this inner critic into inner mentor, which then allows yeah. you to push yourself to do what you have to do? Have to meaning we all still choose to do. Whatever no, we yeah, do. I know what you mean. But you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, exactly. So when you think about your preparation, it's just like when you go into battle there, uh, when any army or as a soldier, when you go into battle, there's a preparatory phase that you have to go through to, to prepare you, to get you ready to face the battle. So I think that's one thing that some people kind of miss out on because there, there has to be that phase. You need to begin to build that up within yourself before you encounter the problem. you know what I mean? And so I think when you talk about, at least for me, talking about building that warrior mindset, if, there's a couple of ways you do that. One thing that I think you need to do if you're physically able to is you need to expose yourself to difficult training opportunities, right? It's not just working out. Um, which is important, and staying in shape, that that helps. But you really need to begin to make demands on your body. Uh, one, of, one of the good ways to do that would be an endurance race. You know, if you think about marathons, um, races, things like that, that really require you where it's not done in an hour, you know what I mean, where it's not just part of a routine, but it's something that's big, that Epic! it's outside of your comfort zone it's not something that you've done before and it's difficult not just on your body but it's difficult on your mental and and spiritual side right where there's something you're going to have to summon something deep inside of you to push you over the finish line right Mm -hmm. so in the army we have these things we have certain schools that you can go to that will do that for you. Or we have things that are are ruck marches where maybe you do 12 miles or 20, I don't know what that would be. That would be like 20 something meters or whatever uh, under time. So you have this load and you have this load that you're carrying and it's for distance and it's for time and it can be pretty brutal, some some of these distances. But when you begin to create a habit and a pattern of wanting to do things hard because they're hard, when you see that there's a re- reward that comes from pushing yourself in a way that you didn't think you could before and overcoming those obstacles, even though you're doing it through a physical means, be a race or some kind of activity, there's calling upon you something within your spirit to generate that strength. It's, the point is to get yourself to a point where you've depleted your physical reserves and your physical strength. And now you're having to dig deep with inside of you to generate that force and that strength emotionally. Right. So that's one way. And I think if you look at, uh, you know, I keep drawing on military because that's, that's my primary background, but you'll see this in the world of sports. You'll see this uh, everywhere, but oftentimes it's these, these are the people we go and talk to because there's something about doing a physical Physically exerting yourself past your limitations that develop these types of mental and emotional benefits to you, mm-hmm. to where then you can begin to kind of see that how the self-talk. You know, when I'm out on a long ruck march and I get really tired and my ankles are hurting or my neck's hurting from this ruck, right? My feet are carrying me, but I still have to dig down. And and then I begin the self talk that you were talking about, where I'm like, hey, we could do this. We've done it before. This is easy. You know, I begin to coach myself through the event. And so then once you've kind of done that and you've built up these, uh, you've built up confidence, right? You build up this kind of stamina. Then when you begin to encounter Financial difficulties, problems with your family, things that look very bleak at work—you can call upon those things, right, and during those dark times to help get you through it. So I don't know. That's that's kind of maybe I could articulate it better, but in a but that's uh, it's it's morning over here, so that's the best I got right now.
1: I love it. I love it. I remember when it yeah. was the last day for our kramaga uh, we mm-hmm. had to fight and I like to go first on things but I don't know why I went first I was like me 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 I'm gonna do it first yeah and I had no idea what was coming this was my first time doing it and if you watch the video it doesn't look anything like that you would see that I'm struggling but like you wouldn't think for me those three minutes
0: uh-huh. it felt like
1: 30 minutes yeah. I was fighting for yeah. my life inside yeah. What was happening inside the video is not justice for us. that. when I looked at the video. I'm like, okay, it doesn't look like that. But from inside, mm-hmm. oh my god, I was literally struggling. I, I, yeah. my, I couldn't think that it justified. It's a trauma. I, I thought I would die. Uh-huh. And the last thing I, when it was over, I just took this coach, someone, and I just hugged her. And that was the uh-huh. moment I realized that when you are like down and on survival like the human touch can like get i got so much energy because i was so drained i was uh-huh. and i before i thought mm-hmm. like the touch you know the five love languages like touch was never my thing and yeah, after yeah. that like touch became my love language so these kind of experiences yeah. can literally transform our lives and i learned so much of how much how little we need to survive what was some moments for yeah. you that after Doing these hard challenging things you just all maybe not all of them but like the big beliefs were just like ruined for you and you created new beliefs and you were like, oh my god, like we just need so little in life to survive do you remember any moments like that for you
0: yeah I mean you know my kind of my whole life whole life yes I've kind of <laughs> my kind of my whole life I've kind of been ill-equipped to Tackled the challenges that I've I've taken on. You know, when I was younger, before I joined the army, when I was 19, I was a really skinny kid. I wasn't uh, very big. I had flat feet. I had a bad back. You know, and everybody was like, "Oh, you can't go to the army. You're not, you know, you're not real strong. You're not, you're not, you're weak. You've got flat feet. You're gonna have all kinds of back problems." But I wanted to do it, and so I did it, and. I did very well, and I did put in uh, close to 10 years, and I got deployed, and I did all kinds of schools and uh, things that that really pushed me. And one of the things that we did was a 100-mile road march in the Netherlands years ago. So it was 25 miles a day for four days, and that's that's a pretty decent feat. And it was hard for anybody, but it was particularly hard for me, and I was really scared to do it. By then I was probably about 20 because I had flat feet and everybody had been telling me you're going to have these problems. And I did have problems. uh, Being in the army, it was it was a little difficult, but I got used to it and the body adapts. But, you know, if I wouldn't have taken that chance and believed in myself, you know, I may have missed out on all these wonderful experiences Um, when I moved on uh, and went to college. I did well in school. I wasn't really a good student in high school, but after the Army, I was kind of reinvigorated and I felt had a a renewed sense of confidence in myself. So I tackled things down. I took my studies seriously and I did really well in undergrad. So when I went on to law school, I thought I made straight A's in college. I'll make A's in law school. And it was not that way. It It was very difficult. I had to take a test called the LSAT uh, I forget, it's LSAT, I don't know what it's, it stands for something, but I had to take it, it's your interest exam to get in, but uh, I didn't do really well, because I'm not a good test taker, I know it's
1: really hard, and
0: they offer it, yeah, they offer it four times a year, and I took it three times before I got in, um, but I think if it wasn't for the things that I had learned in the Army, and mm-hmm. believing that I could do it, I may have quit. You know, because it's it's a lot to study for. It's a big test. And, you know, for some people, those tests were very easy, but it wasn't, wasn't easy for me. I had difficulties with it, obviously, because I took it three times. But I stayed at it, and I kept telling myself, I'll get it the next time. I'm not going to quit. And if I take it four times and they don't offer it again the next year, I'll come back the next year and I'll take it until I get in. And so I got in and ended up finishing and went on and had a successful practice for six years and then moving on into business. So, I, you know, it just goes from there. Um, there's been many times in businesses where in business where I, I have to do a lot of events and live events and you're speaking to new people and, and some of these folks are, I mean, in my estimation, I feel like they're, they have better experiences or more experience than I do sometimes. You know, and so that can be intimidating, but I've just learned that over time, you just always bet on yourself, always believe on yourself and begin to develop patterns where you have things that you accomplish, that you can look back, that you can be proud of. And so that the next time when you face something where you're unsure about yourself, you just come back and say, well, look, I did this, I did this. I did well in this endeavor or this obstacle the challenge start reminding yourself of the victories that you had had no matter how small they are but it builds up and say this next one's not going to be any different right and so you and that's how I've done it
1: I like focusing on the victories majority of us spend 80% of our time focusing on our weakness and 20% mm-hmm. focusing on our strengths so for you to yeah. say that just spend eighty time focusing on your victories, and then twenty percent. We have to still say that we are not perfect, and we yeah, have right. some weaknesses. But just spend twenty percent of it on our weaknesses. Can yeah. you talk to me about uh, when I um for for almost a year I was living in Hawaii, and I was seeing a lot of people, a lot of navy people, a lot of people uh, from the U.S. Army, and not all of them. In some of them, in between, like, dynamic, how can I put it in a way? Because it's still my perception. It is only my perception. It is only my opinion. But Mm -hmm. that's toxic. How would I say? I, like, there, I could see there is a bond, but for me, the communication and the way they communicated was not always healthy. Not all the time. Always healthy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, I could see a lot of um, I'm better than you, or making jokes about each other. And it, in the movies, even we see that. So is it in real life like that? And what are some like positive sides of army and shadow sides of the army? Being in the army, mind yeah. the army mindset.
0: Yeah, well, I can tell you, I mean, from my experience, I found it very much like that. It, it can be, You you have to have thick skin because you're going to make the best friends you've ever made in your life. But and part of that is people become very comfortable with you. So they're going to tease you. They're mm-hmm. going to make fun of you on, on things. And, you know, I think that's all right because I think that's that can be helpful, right? Yeah, we can, we can get our feelings hurt and everything, but we're kind of living in a society that just wants to coddle everybody and wants to baby everybody and wants to make sure we're taking care of everybody's feelings and we don't offend anybody. We don't do that. And then we turn around and we wonder why people have no drive or why they're so scared or why they have so much negative talk, right? You can't, you know, you can't live in this sheltered environment and then expect to come out and face the brutalities of failure, of fear, stress, and apprehension and expect to do well. You know what I mean? In my opinion. And so I think there's a little bit too much emphasis on you know protecting our feelings and and um now i'll i'll get to the dark side in a second so there definitely is that part where they there is a lot of tease but there's two things that i have found personally the people that are teasing you are the people that care about you the most right they're yeah. your family they're your, your brothers and sisters and in the military these people i, I mean for me they were my family because we lived together, we went and ate our meals together, we worked out together, we deployed together. And so they were in some ways, I mean, that, that was my family. So for them to have that liberty to kind of joke and make fun, I think that's all right. I think not that it didn't sometimes get on your nerves, right, because we still have sensitive areas, even though our fa- where our families might, you know, hit a button or two, but I think in the end it, it's, it's okay. As far as the bragging and I'm better than you and things like that, I I experienced that too. But in in my experience, it was a positive experience because we were pushing each other to be better. So I I can't speak for everybody, but I know at least for my group and my time that was in, there was the, uh, it was a friendly, competitive atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're getting ready to go on a run and maybe it's a long run. Maybe we're going to do a 12 mile run. And so we want to make sure we're at the front, right? We want to make sure we're at the front. And so if you see your buddy getting ahead of you, you, you want to be able to, to match him, right? You want to be able to beat him, but it's not out of envy mm. or some kind of jealousy or wanting to make the other look bad. It was to make each other better. Mm. So I think those are the, those are the, um, the positive aspects. So, if you want to look at the negative aspects, all you have to do is take whatever it is good and then flip it around of and course. take it to its extreme, right? And those are the bad things. And those those are there. I think we've seen things in the news where uh, certainly before, where people have hazed or harassed another service member, maybe um, past the point where it was in good t- taste or it was no longer done for that person's benefit. It was done just to antagonize them and things like that but uh, I think that's certainly there I'm lucky to say I never saw it and I never experienced it personally or, or had been around it uh, but you know I, I know it's there
1: yes thank you so much for being so open and sharing because uh, even I was talking to someone uh, she, was, she was a gymnast and there is always the shadow side how girls are weighed, like they have to a certain way they don't they are depriving them from food and obviously all of this it's changing but i always like to talk about the positive and negative or shadow aspects of things because to just raise awareness because if we talk about it more then we can change it if it's not get talked about we cannot change anything so thank you so much for sharing and being open
0: yeah yeah for sure um the other way i guess you you know how you haven't said that with the gymnast like i something that kind of sparked in my mind. Uh, and it, it is there. That I guess the, the, only, the only dark thing I ever saw was, all right, so you're with a bunch of guys, right? And so even though you want what's good for each other, and you care about each other, and you want to see each other succeed. But there are a couple things. It's, it's an honor and shame culture, right? So there's certain things that if you do, you, you kind of bring shame onto yourself. And that's that's very unacceptable. And one thing is is showing any type of weakness at all is is, uh, you know, acceptance under certain severe circumstances. You know, it's it's greatly frowned down on. And so the weaknesses, I would say, is, you know, even things like physical ailments, being sick, um, even when you have a broken leg or something, even though. You know, because there's always this idea of you don't want to be perceived as someone who's trying to get over, who's trying to kind of um, take advantage and, and skirt doing the hard thing. So, you know, you don't, you don't fake being sick or any things like that. So then when you are sick, you know, it's kind of, even if you're legitimately sick, there is this idea that people are kind of looking at you thinking you're weak or you're a wimp or that you're faking when you're not. And so what will happen is a lot of times when you do have problems, you should go to the doctor. Even I I know, like with me, I mean, I, I hesitated to, and I didn't do it unless I just absolutely had to, because, you know, you didn't want to, Mm -hmm. to be shamed. And even when you see someone with a broken leg and in a cast, um, just again, just speaking from my person, my, my perspective, you know, there is a, a moment where I mean you know it's completely legit but there's a part of you that kind of looks down upon them because they're broken you know mm-hmm. and uh that that is not healthy but at the same time I would say is such a minor minor issue I certainly wouldn't say that's pervasive for everybody and I certainly wouldn't say that to discourage anybody from going into the service because that's just such a small bit of it but yes. it is there.
1: So. Yes, and when you are a warrior, when you are a soldier, when you are in an army, um, I think that is unhealthy. But also, how could you do it any other way? That's how I look at yeah. it. Because you need to be not numb in a negative way. Because if you have feelings and emotions, and you start, you it just fight. You are fighting for your country. You are fighting for your mm-hmm. friends. You are fighting for yeah. your family. So there is no place for emotions. Also, in a way which I yeah. can see how challenging it can get so many soldiers can get like post trauma and all of that which is completely different topic Uh, but I think also as you said it's a minor issue it is an issue but also still how can you do it any other way so I cannot be really a judge for that and also thank you thank you for your service
0: oh yeah well it's yeah, it's fine.
1: Yes, um, <laughs> let's talk about um, when you talk when you train civilly Is it civilian? Mm-hmm. Civilian, yes. Yeah. When civilian. you train civilian, mm-hmm. civilian, and when you train someone who is in your field, what is mm-hmm. the biggest difference? Is it like the language? Is it how you communicate? What What do you need to change? And the biggest change you need to make is it in communication or something else when you are teaching yeah, professional yeah, for and sure. civilian?
0: Yeah, so yeah, I've trained everybody particularly with firearms. I've trained everybody from airborne troops who deployed to Afghanistan to uh SWAT team officers to grandmothers who've never touched a gun before. So <laughs> it really is so it's it's a big tent and you have to talk to those people differently. I mean, mm-hmm. you you have to. And some folks have a hard time with that, right? Some uh, even some of the guys that sometimes will work with me who have um have been in special operations or have that kind of background where they're much more comfortable when we do things with the law enforcement or the or the military vet folks versus on the on the civilian side but like anything once you do it enough times if you apply yourself you can get better at it so the big key difference would be you know the dealing between the professionals and and the civilians is that the professionals they already have a base of knowledge they already have certain ways that they do things that their department or agency wants things done a certain way and so when i come in with them i'm not really interested in trying to to teach them something different because a lot of times you can't because like i said their department wants things done a certain way They have certain protocols. And so the goal really isn't to to teach them from the ground up. You're trying to take them where they are and make them better. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's more of a peer to peer environment. Right. Where I'm just kind of coming in to try to coach and come alongside, whereas with civilians, these folks who don't have any operational experience or background and they're very new to the gun. Now you you really do have to stand in that teacher role and you begin to mold them and begin to teach them even the very basics. And you have to be patient and you have to understand that that they don't they don't have that background. They don't have that experience. And so nobody's born knowing this stuff, right? Nobody, you have to learn it somewhere. I had to learn it from somewhere. And so I just always remember that there was a time where I didn't know anything Mm. and I was clueless on this stuff. And somebody taught me. And so you just transmit that knowledge that way.
1: Mm. It seems to me that ARMY taught you discipline and teaching taught you how to be more flexible and patient.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, for sure.
1: Because when you are teaching something and you don't have to be like, go with a civilian, like, no, you can't go and pushing. It's like being patient, more calm, more flexible. Yeah. So both yeah. is needed in life. I would love to do yeah. the uh, firearms training. Um, what would be your advice for someone? And why do you think it's important? i I'm pretty sure not everyone should do it, but what are some lessons mm-hmm. that we can learn there that can be helpful in our personal life and few tips for me and for listeners on firearm training,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, the importance of the firearm. It's. I mean, I live in America. It's it's a gun culture, uh, even American. though there's a lot of folks that are opposed to it. I mean, this country was was really founded and developed on the gun, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you think about the frontiersmen and and basically going out and, and settling in the land, but they did it, you know, with the gun to protect themselves. And really, I think you can't unless a nation is armed, unless its people are armed and know how to protect themselves either from the other citizens or even their government, they're not really free. You're not really free unless you could do that. And it's the firearm that truly guarantees your freedom. You know, you can have a law I mean, we even have, we've even been seeing this over the last couple of years in America and arguably even before that, but you can have a law on, on the books, you know, that says you have these certain rights or guarantees that you have these certain rights. But in the end, if you have a corrupt government that's not going to enforce it,
1: mm-hmm. well, or that's not going freedom, to observe yes.
0: it, yeah, then you really don't have freedom. I mean, look at what's going on in Australia right now, you know, mm-hmm. where they don't have those freedoms. Or you look even in, in, in Europe where, you know, we look at these places like freedoms, like their democracies and stuff like that. But you can say something on your social media site and get arrested for it. You know, so again, the one thing all of those countries have in common is they have no gun rights or no pervasive gun rights for their citizens. And where you have that, my opinion is you'll you'll never truly be free. You'll be as free as your government wants you to be.
1: Mm. I like that. Freedom. I have never yeah. thought about it that way. And in I lived and then I lived in Florida. And in Florida especially for me, it seemed like like guns are really uh, in Texas, I think it's very popular. Yeah. I think it's in the oh, yeah. whole US, yeah. but freedom. Um, I like that.
0: Yeah. Um, as far as someone getting started, you need to seek somebody out who has some kind of experience. With the safe handling and, and shooting with it. I mean, that's, this is not something that you learn by watching a YouTube video. I mean, you can get some pointers, you can get some help, sure. But when it, when you start out, uh, when you're dealing with firearms, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go the self taught route. I would, I would seek out somebody, either a friend or a, a professional instructor or somebody who, who has the requisite knowledge and experience that can teach you how to safely. Handle these things. Yeah. I mean, that's that's number one. I That you you just can't overstate that.
1: When I have been on a shooting rage, rage not rage, but range, I can feel so powerful. Mm-hmm. But plus, I I'm not perfect or really good, but I was good when I first tried. It was mm-hmm. good. Like I was, it seemed to me that it comes natural, and I can feel so powerful. And because you have dealt with so many criminals, and we, you know, you are the best person who talk about how power can be misused.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
1: even I was feeling this power, I was like, oh my god, you feel so powerful when you're holding a gun and you can shoot from this gun. What would be your advice for other people? How to just balance their own power and how can misusing power again can be very dangerous maybe real life examples or just Yeah you we it, talk about?
0: well the you know the gun it can it it can make you it does make you more powerful which is why people it is the ultimate tool for self-defense right I mean look at you you um, are look very petite, uh, very- I'm
1: tiny. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> like a small girl. So, you know, someone like me who's 220 pounds, you know, not that I would ever attack you, but someone like me, um, I don't care. I mean, I've done a lot of different martial arts and everything, but the chances of you physically being able to stop, and no offense to you, but-
1: No, it's, no, it's, you're right.
0: Unless, I mean, it's just gonna be next to impossible. I'm not saying it can't be done, but anytime, whether it's warfare or self-defense, you have to try to achieve the advantage, right? And for you, it's not even so much of an advantage as it is leveling the playing field, right? You, You have to find someone some way to equal and really exceed my strength and the power that I bring. And for, most people that will be with a gun or multiple opponents you know we've had these active shooters or sometimes these terrorist events like paris and mumbai and and these other places where you have multiple attackers multiple terrorists right and so you've you've got two fists but you can't fight you know three different people right but the gun especially when they're armed and so having a firearm uh well can help certainly help it's a what we call like a force multiplier right it's a tool mm-hmm. to kind of help give you the advantage or kind of at least get you equal equal to yes. it so that's another reason why it's so important so as far as misusing the power i mean again i think it goes back to where we we have this culture uh where we're just so afraid to give anybody responsibility everybody has to be sheltered everyone has to be Protected. We need 100% safety in the schools and you know everywhere. And then what happens is um, we try to make everybody 100% safe that we we make everybody helpless, right to the point of helplessness. And we're so scared now if we have guns. Oh, you have all this power now. You're going to go out and rob a bank and go crazy and everything. I think I think it's most people come to firearms for two two different reasons number one they want to protect themselves with it and number two it's fun Mm -hmm. it's fun like playing golf it's fun because it requires you to develop a skill to do something just like golf just like basketball and when you go out and you play golf you got this little bitty hole and you're trying to aim and get it down the fairway into this little hole and who would have guessed that people would spend, you know, thousands of dollars a year yes. trying to pursue this, this act. And with a firearm, it's no different. You have this small little bullet and you want to send it right here in this direction. And you want to get better and better about placing that bullet at a distance where you want it to be. And that requires a skill. And, and it's a lifetime that you'll spend. Yeah. Yeah. You have and to be so
1: and presence, you have to yeah. be so present and in the moment and aware of your yep. body, aware of your body composition, how you stand, what, how are yeah. you breathing? I just had that awareness. It's like oh, it yeah. forces you to be present in the moment and to just listen to your inner, yeah. whatever is going on inside. Uh-huh. What excites you the most? Like in your personal life, in your career, what excites you? What, What, what would you do without like making any money or what you like to talk about? like all the time is there any topic or thing that excites you like yeah
0: i mean i i love i love seeing people uh come empowered and to overcome their own difficulties and to prevail against Mm -hmm. obstacles and and opposition i love seeing that i love seeing that and that's what our our company is really about on any level you know whether we're training law enforcement we want to help them get better so that they can serve and protect their communities and get home safe right that's what we want to do when it comes to civilians we want people to better protect themselves where they don't rely they don't have to rely on someone that where they're not at the mercy of where they don't have someone else where they don't have to live in fear and we have found that when we do transmit that type of skill and knowledge to them that it begins to carry over into other areas of their life right Mm -hmm. and their businesses and their relationships and and things like that and their other struggles and so to see that i mean what more could you ask for right
1: yes i i wanted to ask you what is your motivation then i was like you know what what I'm, I'm gonna ask him what excites him and what excites him will be his motivation and i can see that is yeah. your motivation
0: yeah, yeah yeah and it's probably very very similar to yours right so why you do what you do is you want to see people succeed you know and if you get to be a part of that i mean there's really not a better yes. feeling
1: yeah. yes, and also for me it's like when i have experienced those pains whenever you have experienced any kind of struggle and pain One, first choice is you become bitter, and you become angry, Mm -hmm. and you become unkind. And second, it's like you become so compassionate that if you have a little more knowledge than they have, and for example, the simplest thing, if someone has broken up with someone, we all know Mm -hmm. how that feels, how heart aching Mm -hmm. it can be. We want to help them. We want to hug them. We want to just give them, Mm -hmm. because it's... Everyone can do that. They don't need to be coach or they don't need to be you or me. So it's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you have experienced those hardships, I have experienced those yeah. hardships. It's like, oh my God, I know how this feels, but I know a little more because I have worked a little more on myself. So I yeah. can guide other people and I'm pretty sure you have worked a lot more on yourself. I'm not going to call it a little, oh, well, like no. 10 years. In, no. <laughs> I, mean, I, know, I, mean, I know we are all four of our students, but still I, yeah. I, that is very impressive whatever you did and then still went to the university and oh my god that that is very impressive for me before i ask you my last questions and ask you where can people find you and all of that is there any topic you really wanted to cover and i just didn't get the chance to ask you the question
0: no i mean i think we really we really hit those big topics those big button issues for me for sure about just uh you know what we do what are what our passion and our focuses and how we want to help others so I you know I think we hit that so I enjoyed it thank you
1: yes and we can talk about all of this maybe like next two days and we will have something to talk about because it's such a huge yeah. topic
0: There yeah, is so is.
1: many things but like the core big things uh, I also yeah. think we covered the and I'm pretty yeah. sure people can apply those discipline and flexibility to their own life and just even like Mm -hmm. i just started to learn skateboarding and it taught me so much about myself and my life like i would encourage people to go try training to push themselves in a different way so if they want to find you and do all of this with you where can people find you i will link everything in the description box but yeah and what if you have any upcoming events or anything i just love to know more about that
0: yeah so um yeah i appreciate that um so our website, that's probably the main way you can kind of find out what we're doing and what we got coming up is uh, Defense. So it's spelled B-A-R-R-I-T-U-S, defense.com. Mm-hmm. So Beritus is Latin. It means kind of the roar. So that's that's kind of where that comes from. Um, and then you can find us on Facebook It's and Instagram. Those are our two. We do have a YouTube channel and I'm starting to, develop that out but we're primarily on Instagram and on Facebook and then I have a podcast also called Pearl Snap Tactical Podcast so it's me and uh, a buddy of mine kind of dealing on some of these issues that that we've talked about today.
1: Hmm. I like it go people check him out learn more from him before I ask you my last question I want to acknowledge you first of all uh, you don't have this dense energy. You have this fun energy, light energy. Even though all this work that you have done in army, in all of these things that you have mentioned, like you have this like light, fun, kind energy. And I really enjoyed having a conversation with oh, you. You, very, you. You are very open and vulnerable. And also, thank you again for your service because I know yeah. it can get mentally, physically, emotionally challenging. And to just put yourself aside and your life aside for your country and for your people that takes a lot of courage. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad to do it. It's been an adventure. I'm I'm very thankful that I've had the opportunity to do it because there's a lot of folks that, that don't, you know, for health reasons or what. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, w- I would say, you know, my last parting word to everybody, it, it kind of goes back to some of the things we were talking about earlier is just don't take yourself too seriously you mm-hmm. know if you take yourself too seriously and that's that's just a recipe for disaster it's gonna it's gonna stop you from moving forward trying new things because you're gonna be a fa- afraid of failing and, and that kind of thing um yeah don't don't take yourself too seriously and um and just keep pushing you know keep pushing I like no it matter is- what keep pushing
1: that was my last question, actually, to leave me and listeners with something that came on top of your heart. And you just left us with, don't take ourselves seriously.
0: Yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously and go find something difficult and challenging and go do it.
1: It really right? us. Do
0: it. And then, yeah, do it so that you can grow and get better it's the only way forward.
1: Yes. I love how you said, don't take yourself seriously. Even this morning, my husband said something that really triggered me because it's marriage. We all trigger each other. And oh, I wanted yeah. to cry. Oh, and yeah. I was like, is this problem really that serious? Like my mind wants to make it so serious. When I, if I'm going to cry, then I will have a headache. Then I have to put my makeup on. <laughs> no, then I have exactly. all these interviews going on. Is, is it worth it? And I was like, no and i was like oh there's such a beautiful weather outside and i was happy suddenly and i was joyful so don't take yourself seriously you can apply in many aspects of your life don't take your problem seriously don't take your pain seriously obviously don't don't avoid it but you know what i listeners know what i mean so thank you again
0: yeah Sure. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. For
1: this conversation, for being vulnerable and open and being willing to share and talk about about all these issues and also positive sides. And just thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Anytime. Anytime. I enjoyed it.
1: Thank you, listeners, for listening. And until next time.